everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Elite Beat, your source for all the AEW news, reviews, and previews. And uh, so help me God, we are going to preview tonight because I feel like there is, I feel like that Dynamite lineup next week is worth previewing. So don't let me forget, Megan, um, who is with me. Uh, I'm Andy, and 115 miles to my southwest, it's Megan. Hi, I'm here to remind Andy that we do previews. Yes. <laughs> Very occasionally, um, but we we should definitely do do one tonight. There's not always stuff worthy of previewing in our own defense. No, but I feel like we usually know like most of the like we could you know we could give it a complete rampage lineup and at least a partial uh, collision in next week's dynamite lineup. You know, depending on what they're doing. But I think we have a fairly complete uh, dynamite lineup for next week, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, we're also going to talk about the the new rankings that came out last night after Dynamite aired, but we'll talk about them after we talk about Dynamite to keep things chronological. Okay. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm pretty fresh off of Dynamite. I just finished it at about uh, 8:30, and um, which means nothing to you listening. So for context, it's 9:10 right now. Yep. Um, how about you? Did you watch it today? I did, and I watched it only slightly earlier than you. I started at like five. 30-ish, so I was ending right around the time I finished I making dinner. Okay. So you so you finished around the time I was starting? Yeah. Okay. Got it. We are, like, really late this week, but... We are, yeah. We had... There was there was some, like, a situation that arose last night that uh, derailed my plans to watch Dynamite Live like I usually do, so... I, uh... And you know me, I just never do because pff, that's who I am. I'm I'm not helping them with ratings, although I'm watching on fight, so I guess it really doesn't matter either way. It does not matter. Okay. What does matter though is the Elite Beat pop of the week and I have uh two cans of audio whip ass here. Oh shit. A couple of uh Rheingeist beers. I think it's the Cougar. No, the cheetah. The oh, yeah. Yeah. There might be a cougar, too. I don't know. But anyway, there is a cheetah. That's um, a Rheingeist lager straight out of Cincinnati. Um, and I have I have two of them in my brewmates. And I did this, so I have to do less going back out into the loft to fetch another beer. A wise move. Yes. So I'm going to open up this first one. And that sounds like... Yeah. Solid crack. Mm-hmm. How about you, Megan? What do you got this week? Uh, I have another um, of my bourbon club items here. I am drinking Coppercraft Distillery Straight Bourbon. It looks cool, I guess. I don't It's like a, you know, it's a really bourbon cool. bottle. Yeah. So let's pop this sucker open. Ooh, that one was a little stuck. Okay. So have you not had this one before? Um, I had a little earlier, I'll admit. Like, uh, has been drinking. Hashtag me. Um, but I've been enjoying it, so. Super. Okay. Well, cheers, Megan. Um, cheers. And you got, uh, you had a little bit of, <clears throat> you got to have some uh, bourbon while you, uh, 
like what was that kind of bourbon you tried at the barbershop? Oh, could not tell you the name of it. I could probably pick out a label, but I totally forgot. It has like, it has like cherries in it or something, right? Cherry notes, yeah. Um, it was good. I I think it had a blue label. This probably narrows it down for absolutely no one, but it was good. Good, awesome. Okay. Um, yes, Megan and I had like IRL hangout time this past weekend, which was very fun. She came up to Westerville to visit Jenny and I, and uh, we ended up watching the men's Royal Rumble because that's what was left in the show when uh, Fast X ended. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And uh, kind of sucked, <laughs> I thought. It Pretty lacked, boring. <laughs> lacked um, Charlotte. Well, I don't want to insult the people who were actually in it, but there wasn't any, like, fun surprises. There weren't any, like, old school people that just get, like, a cheap pop because, you know, Mm -hmm. they're famous for many years of wrestling. Nothing like that. And I knew most, well, I don't know if I would say most. I knew a lot of the people relative to last year, which I think is a bad sign because that means that they've, landed somewhere in between really old people star power and like just older people who like haven't left the company yet i mean no shade to our truth but in the year 2024 he continues to just be there and uh as still just part of the company not even like as a surprise guest he's just still got angles on the show apparently so Mm -hmm. Yeah, it uh, was not as thrilling as, I don't know, it wasn't as fun as usual. Yeah, my enthusiasm is obviously tamped down by the um, <clears throat> the horrible allegations against Vince McMahon and John Laurinaitis and the company. Yeah. But, uh, but, you know, it was late and I just thought, well, it's on, so we watched it. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it was on Peacock, so it felt free, and... We switched over after, on like the third entrant. So, I don't know. It was like fine. But I remember having a lot more fun at previous Royal Rumbles. And, you know, especially watching the whole show. So this was just, I don't know. We both were rooting for people at the end. And then neither of our people, or both of the people we were rooting for got thrown out. So then it was like, well, Cody, obviously we want to win. Um, So good for him. All true. Wow. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then CM Punk, uh, some like apparently was injured by Drew McIntyre doing his doing his DDT move on him. Taurus tricep. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And I, again, I say I wish him no harm, but I am just curious. Like now, you're back in the WWE medical system. How's it gonna go for you? I, I don't know. Like I, I, we were talking, I was like, I, I, should, I should, probably should have looked this up in the interim, but I don't even know if like Chris Amon is still there or like what the you know what the deal with him is. And... Didn't they? Didn't WWE? I mean, obviously they should, but didn't they pretty much stand by him in that whole oh, situation? I mean, I'm, like I'm reasonably certain that they bankrolled his lawsuit. Okay, like it wasn't a situation where they're like, yeah, he did some bad shit, and we fired him. Like, they were all in on the Amon train, so... Yes. 
that's that is my that's my understanding at least. Okay. Um, but you know, anyway, that's enough WWE talk. Uh, there's not a lot of follow up from last week. Uh, I think Vince McMahon stepped down, which I imagine he was pressured to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the difference between this time and last time that he stepped down is that he doesn't have the voting shares anymore that he had because he sold he sold those when he sold his company. Right. And uh, and so he can't come back. Good. He shouldn't yeah. have come back. No, he shouldn't have, but um, he did. And, uh, yeah. I, I guess mean, the one thing that happened today is that John Laurinaitis did, uh, like, his his lawyer put out a statement that, it was the, it was the weirdest statement, Megan. It was like, oh God. it was like he so he denied everything that was accused that he was accused of, right? Sure, you expect that, you know, you, no straight up but, admittance. But at the same time, it was also like, just like Miss and I can't, I'm sorry, I can't remember her name. Is it Carson? Something I can't remember her name. Oh, just like the you know the accuser, uh, Mr. Lionel Lorenzo was also a victim. No, that's why would anyone let that go to press? Like, no. So, sounds to me like Big Johnny is getting ready to roll over on Vince because he's probably he's probably looking around the room and seeing that like Vince ain't getting back in this time. So politically, it doesn't hurt him to turn on Vince at this point. Well, one, I don't buy he was a victim while also acknowledging. You can be a victim and also a victimizer, but I don't buy he was a victim. Uh, so interesting, but I would need to hear more specifics from him. Um, but I don't. If the, I don't. If the only rule it out, I just think the only it's specifics. He, oh no, sorry. Go ahead. I, I said I don't completely rule it out. I just think it's really wild that his lawyer's statement was both that like this is all false, but also. Uh, just like her, he, Mr. Lauren Ice is also a victim. It's like, wait a minute. You <laughs> can't do both. What are you, what are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> I just, if the only thing Vince was holding over his head was like your job, granted, that's not great, but I would not file you under victim next to this woman who you did, like, participated based on her allegations. He participated. He didn't just, like, turn a blind eye he participated could be some like um like you know scientology shit Ugh. i like isn't that like the big speculation that they have so much dirt on Cruz that he's basically stuck there for the rest of his life yeah and i heard recently one of speculation is he's no longer allowed to do he's only allowed to do action movies and no longer allowed to do artsy movies because uh some director he worked with in the past like insulted scientology like because you know he did like magnolia and like vanilla sky and like i was about to say did paul thomas anderson say something mean i don't know (laughs) i don't i mean luckily for cameron ruffle the feathers of the (laughs) titans I mean, look, all of these people would be justified if so, but at least Tom Cruise is good at action movies, I guess. But that's also kind of funny where it's like, no, no more art for you. Only work with the likes of people who won't insult Scientology because they don't care enough, which is just that's not giving much credit to action filmmakers. But what a wild like thing. 
I gotta see what Tom's got coming up. What's he got on the slate? He's uh, I I think Mission Impossible: Dead Reckoning came out, and then he, the sec, but like only part one, and then yes. the second part is coming up soon, right? Right, that's coming out in twenty twenty five. Okay. There's a, okay. The only so that's in post production. The only other two things on his IMDb in the upcoming section are called Untitled Tom Cruise slash SpaceX Project. Oh, God. Reproduction. And then uh, Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat is in development. Oh, interesting. Following that up, like, much later, but... I also heard that maybe they're they're also maybe doing a direct sequel to Top Gun Maverick. Already? Well, I mean, you can't wait another 30 years. I mean, Tom Cruise might live to be well over 100. Look at his... His lifestyle, his regimen, I don't know. Tom Cruise might outlive Glenn Powell, is that what you're saying? Yes, I mean, nobody <laughs> wants that. But... I'm um, trying to think, what's, what's the last, like, the last movie he made by, like, an auteur director? I truly don't know, because I don't follow his career that closely, because I think he's a total crackpot. Um, I guess I guess American Made in 2017, Doug Lyman directed that. Um before that, God, it's like Valkyrie was, um, what's his name, right? A uh, singer. Yeah. And he's got his own set of, you know, problems. Right. And he, I don't know, like he's, he's, he's a comic book movie director now too. So or at that point. So, okay. So if you go even further back, I guess Lions for Lambs, that, uh, that Redford movie. Well, I did not that, hear. So that's 2007. So okay. We're talking Damn. like a 17 year period, basically. Wow. Yeah. I I don't know if it's the Lions for Lambs guy specifically who insulted Scientology or somebody I mean, be before. Redford, Redford I, directed that movie, so. Redford should insult Scientology. Good. Everybody should insult Scientology. Yeah, but you know, the Hollywood types, it's like some of them don't, some of them fully embrace it. Did you see that Danny Masterson has been transferred to a uh, to like a prison where Charles Manson served time? No, but who cares? No, this is funny to me. Is it? Well, like, but he's not. I mean, he's terrible, but he's not like a Manson level solitary confinement sort of tier, right? I mean, I guess, but if you think about it, like, he committed more, like, direct crimes than Charles Manson did, right? That's true. Ugh. Well, serves you right. Stay there. 30 years, it was? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, good, good. Oh. That's the other big, like, Hollywood thing I saw today. Uh, So Quentin Tarantino is making purportedly his final film right now. Or he's like... He's like casting it or whatever. It's called The Movie Critic, and it's about a movie critic in uh, 1970s Los Angeles. And uh, he just, uh, it looks like Brad Pitt is going to be the star. That seems right. Which I love. I mean, coming off of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. When I think of like the typical movie critic, I think of Brad Pitt. (laughs) I mean... Isn't he also Brad Pitt's doing a lot, right? Didn't he have the F one thing that he's 
in yeah, production yeah. for. What is that coming out? I don't know. They filmed during the races. We saw him there. Lewis Hamilton's going to be on Ferrari by the time that movie comes out. Totally. What do you think My, of that? I think it's bananas for all those F1 people. We, the crossover crowd, I'm sure we have maybe one person. <laughs> um, but I don't know why he'd want to go to Ferrari. It seems broken. Just the, you know, Harrison yeah, Ford answer. The money. We can do it for the money. And I guess, you know, at a, maybe it's just signaling he's going to be retiring soon, so might as well get the biggest paycheck possible. But I think it's going to annoy him to be on a team that's so bad at it. So the Brad Pitt movie the form- is still on his IMDb listed as Untitled Formula One Racing Movie and still listed as in production. It doesn't have a year attached, so... Well, Quentin Tarantino, I guess, has to schedule around it because that's like Brad Pitt's passion project or whatever. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Man, he's like he produces a lot of stuff now. Might as well. Seems like that's like most of what he's doing. Okay, actor upcoming. That's that's better. Uh, Yeah, there's the movie critic. I guess that I got added today. And something that comes out this year is called Wolfs, W-O-L-F-S. Starring Brad Pitt, George Clooney, Amy Ryan. That's not how you spell wolves. No. <laughs> like I needs to fix wolves. I'm a fix wolves. <laughs> the description is follows two lone wolf fixers who are assigned to the same job. Okay. So fixer like Mr. Oh, like Mr. Like Mr. Wolf. wolf. Yeah. Oh. Is this set in the Pulp Fiction universe or just like in a universe where Pulp Fiction exists, like ours? Um, probably the second one. Well, maybe the first one. I don't know. Pulp Fiction exists in such a time. It was like interesting to see how that universe might carry over. It's the guy who directed the Spider-Man Homecoming trilogy, John Watts. Oh. So I would assume it's going to be funny, too. I would hope. Yeah. I like that guy's work. All right. Um, oh, didn't, like, John Francis Daly write those movies and he and his writing partner? Yeah. You know, yeah. that's why I assume it's at least part of the reason why it's so funny. He's clever. I want to believe that Wolf's is a, just a direct reference to Mr. Wolf, but maybe that is like a term that existed before. It's possible. I'm going to I'm going to believe it's a direct reference to Mr. Wolf until told otherwise. That's how I want to see it. So. I always I always latched on to like uh you know um like James Bond has like a like Shaken, not stirred martini, and and yeah, uh, like a gimmick, <laughs> yeah, like a very like specific kind of drink, you know. I just always like the when um when Jimmy asks the wolf if he wants a cup of coffee, he says, like, Yeah, lots of cream, lots of sugar. <laughs> just, I just think like that's just like I don't know, child's drink. Me yeah, I mean, that's that, that's <laughs> would be like me if I had to drink a cup of coffee, you know? yeah. Ugh. Oh boy. 
well, we could talk Hollywood all night long, but uh, instead, let's talk all the wrestling. Yay. Um, the Dynamite viewership and demo were down this week, mm. which I don't think is surprising given the lineup on paper. Yeah, I like, guess. The only like match that I would call any kind of marquee match would be Moxley versus Jeff Hardy. And I definitely think that, you know, there's a difference between the Jeff Hardy now versus Jeff Hardy when he first showed up like two years ago or however long ago it was. Um, Especially because the last time we saw Jeff Hardy was recent and it was against Swerve and it was like fine, but also like you can see how old he is. Yeah, and they just don't they don't present him like a superstar anymore. They. I feel like. They were trying to this time, like they always try to on the commentary. I don't think it translates, but they do speak with reverence on commentary about how much of a threat he is. And like, you know, they're telling a story. My point is, like, you had that match. Then you had Hangman versus a guy Mm -hmm. and uh, no offense to Kyle Fletcher, but Jericho versus a guy. Mm hmm. And uh, Deanna and Taya, and I don't, I don't really know how the perception of that would be publicly. And and then Swerve versus a mystery opponent. So you didn't even say Wardlow. Oh, and the War Dog <laughs> in action um, against Commander. So yeah, so I mean, it just wasn't very. It wasn't a stacked lineup. No, no, it wasn't. No. Um, next week is a stacked lineup, and we'll talk about that later. But uh, this week just- was just. Dying this, to get to the preview. Well, you? it just feels like it feels like we had two weeks in a row of kind of um, placeholder dynamites. Yeah, but I do think that the matches on this one were much better than the matches on last week's. I agree. Like the on paper, sure, it doesn't sound com- like all that compelling. But I did think the show itself was good. Like the the quality of the wrestling was for the most part good. Um, it's just, yeah, it's not like, yeah. So they did a point two six this week. I think they're going to be back up to at least a three, a point three next week, because that's, that's a, that's a damn good lineup on paper. Um, and we'll talk about it, but, but yeah, so not really, not a lot of news. I'm just, I'm sorry. I like, I usually get my news together, uh, during the day, but I also didn't want to get spoilers for the show I was going to watch. So no, that's fair. Kind of, I kind of avoided uh, that there's, stuff. There's only one news item that I would want to know about, and that okay. is, we can get to it when we get to it on the show. But is it about somebody making some kind of announcement? No. It's oh, about, okay. It's about somebody being maybe injured. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. Um, you know what? I should do like a quick scan of just like to see if there's an update on that for when that comes up. So why don't you uh, go ahead and start? Okay. Dynamite recap, and uh, this was in uh, New Orleans, and it was in front of not a lot of people. For I feel like the second week in a row, we had a very small crowd. They were small, but I will say they were very loud at certain times. They were louder than the crowd at the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, I feel like they pulled their weight for a small crowd. Um, yeah. And 
they started just from the beginning started loud so the show opens with um john moxley facing jeff hardy but while moxley is making his entrance we do hear from the announce team and we obviously see a visual that in the front area like the front row there is there are some um cmll lucha doors in our presence um they are mystico volador jr mascara dorada and hechicero hechicero okay sorry if i'm butchering those pronounces or uh, pronunciation pronunciations my god um hechicero is going to face danielson on collision yeah and i guess the other guys are just there kind of as his like entourage but they they make themselves known and at one point in the match when moxley is facing jeff hardy he throws jeff into the crowd and then gets into the crowd with him and it is in front of these luchadors and they sort of get in his face and he just gives them two birds and then walks away so he is clearly not threatened by them but they will come back later so uh moxley and jeff have like a surprisingly good match. I do not. My expectations for Jeff Hardy are so low. It's not really that hard to exceed them. But I thought good match. Um, Moxley hit that old man pretty hard. And he seemed like he took it. Um, and eventually it was. As I would expect. Moxley who got the win. He got Jeff in the um, the bulldog choke. Uh, and choked him out. Like So. So this is a different, so um, there have been two Jeff Hardy singles matches that I've liked at AEW. Um, it was this, and it was that first match in the Owen Hart Classic Tournament against Darby Allen. And uh, yeah. and what those two met, now they were obviously very different matches. Um, but what they had in common was Jeff Hardy was working with a super over opponent who was also a great worker in you know, and, and and again, they're great workers in different ways, Darby mm-hmm. Allen, John Moxley, but they're both great. And they have like the supreme level of audience buy-in. Yes. So you don't have to worry about the heat for something, especially if a match goes long enough that you can you can kind of like get will the crowd to um suspend their disbelief that possibly Jeff Cardi Hardy could win this match. Uh and you know, Jeff Jeff had his working boots on and Mox is, you know, Mox is Mox. And yep. <laughs> they just, uh, it was, yeah, it was, it was definitely his best match since that uh, Darby Allen match. Yeah. And the 22, the crowd was totally hyped. They were mm-hmm. very excited for it. So I think nobody left that one disappointed. Um, yeah. But it was better than I expected. And, you know, I give Jeff no credit. Sorry. <laughs> so I'm very glad that so um, occasionally when I'm trying to speed through a show, like if I if I am running up against the clock, I'll skip entrances and and like anything that's not physicality in a post match. I'll just go like, OK, he's walking up the ramp. I'll skip this to get to the next segment. Yeah. So look, mean that. mug in the camera. Yeah. yeah. I'm very glad I just decided I needed to watch the whole show because uh, Jeff Hardy, like I like he turned down a handshake and I it seemed like he well he's making a big meal of like this being like like the Jeff Hardy you know finger gun pose like turning <laughs> yeah. it into a into a middle finger type thing 
Um, well, he even yeah, did the, he, the like, what do you call yeah, it? Yeah. The, like, do your... Do your arm and, like, yeah, I don't know. It's like, like a reverse chop sort of motion. Yes. Um. Anyway, yeah, so he did that when Mox went for the handshake. And I'm very glad he did because it's like, okay, th- it's like something's happening with this Jeff Hardy character. <laughs> Like I could He's maybe got get feelings. Into, He's I could got maybe big get feelings. into like yeah. Like I could think I could I could tolerate like Rudo Hardy Boys more than like nostalgia, you know, like babyface Hardy Boys at the stage. Yeah. Yeah. Like them them being mean brawlers is probably a better fit for what they're capable of at this stage. I agree, because they are boring as baby faces. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I don't even really think be like if they're heels at least they're interesting and the crowd's still not going to turn on them they still love them they're just fun heels so maybe yeah we'll see i mean we'll see we'll have to see what happens but i think it's better than just standing pat with what they've been doing yes yes and uh matt wasn't out there right i don't matt never he was out there yeah okay um because it seems like recently he's been you know sidelined for whenever jeff's doing stuff but not this time. Um, there was nobody on the outside because Matt wasn't there. And also, I guess for whatever reason, Blackpool Combat Club, the rest of the members were not present for this show. And so after the match, uh, the CMLL guys attacked because Moxley was kind of provoking them. Honestly, he was like taunting them and they attacked him and like nobody was there to come to his rescue. So eventually, um, like... Matt Seidel, Christopher Daniels, uh, Matt Menard, and Angelo Parker, of all people, ran out to help chase off the bad guys. But I think it was more of like, the locker room is coming out. But these, it was like these four guys. They were the locker room. It was these four guys. And and, and, and they are, it is going to be those four guys against those other four guys on Rampage tomorrow night. Okay. Well, there you go. And I texted you. When this was happening, and Volador is the, is the lone unmasked man amongst uh, all these men, yes. having lost his mask years ago. I think to Mystico, but I'm not. I wouldn't swear by that. Does that um, mean Mystico is wearing his mask? No, he just like has it. Oh, okay. I think. I think that's how that works. I think you get the mask. Um, but anyway, he um, was. Uh, I, I've never seen like he was like beyond Brock Lesnar levels of red. Like his tie face. was too tight and it was cutting off oxygen and blood flow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was all he was doing. Oh, he was just stomping. That's all he was doing. Um, yeah, yeah. He looked but, red uh, when they cut to him in the crowd. Like he looked like something had happened. Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but uh, I was I was concerned. Yeah, hope he's okay. Hope. Uh, blood flow, blood flow from his head to like the rest of his body is okay. Uh, loosen the tie, guy. I assumed he was their manager too because he wasn't. Re- he was the only one without a mask, but he is just a another member of the crew. Yeah, I mean he's he's a great wrestler. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that was uh, that was the opener. Um. After that, we get. I think it's head- cool. We're getting like a we're getting like a CMLL invasion angle almost. Yeah, I'm down with it. I mean, I don't know much about the CMLL guys, but I like the luchador style, so 
let's go for it. And Moxley's a good base, and there are other people who would be probably really good working with them. So let's bring it on. Now, granted, Christopher Daniels, Matt Seidel, Menard, and Parker are not maybe the first on the list of people, but hopefully it'll be a fun match. <laughs> like, that seems like a very random group of people to pick as opponents. Well, it's two tag teams, right? So, Yeah, but yeah. it's two tag teams that are like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, the next match we get is um, the first of two um, mystery opponents, only it's not a mystery opponent because Swerve was kind enough to tell us who he was picking for Hangman, um, and that is Toa Leona, uh, of all people, which, you know, he's in the embassy, so... So it made sense from that perspective, but it was like, you know, a big, a kind of a big groan. It's like, okay, this guy who's like never had a singles match on AEW television, you know? Yeah, like, why not pick Cage? I guess they've already had that match, but like... Yeah. And they, of, you know, they, they try to protect Cage a little bit, you know? True. It's just of his stable. I don't know. Cage seems like the most capable. But um, Toa Le- Leona actually... You know, he surprised me. I thought they had a decent match. And it was a match where, again, I was like, this is this is kind of silly. We know he's going to win. And Adam Page does win. But I think Leona gave him a lot to work with. And I was entertained by the match itself. And I don't think it was short either. I, they may have had at least one commercial break, if I'm remembering correctly. But, you know, they had time to do their thing. I kind of I kind of loved the match to be honest. It was very it was very in the mean guy uh, vein. Yeah. And I know that like you know we should not support um, racial stereotypes of any kind, even in wrestling. But the one racial stereotype that I really enjoy in wrestling is that people from islands have really hard heads and you can't hurt them that, that way. The Samoans are. Uh... And uh, Tonkins. And Tonkins, yes. Yeah. I mean, he, like... He Adam, has a cement head. Yeah, Adam he Page hits right really hard. Yeah, yeah. And didn't he also, like, he went for, like, a dive on the outside, I think, and Adam moved? Or, like, maybe it was a moonsault? But he did something really big to the outside, and he just, like, probably should have died, and then just popped up. We did the moonsault off the, off the apron and missed to set up Adam hitting his moonsault off the post. Yes, okay, you're right. Yeah. Maybe that wasn't as big of a thing, but it did look painful when he was just like, goodbye. It did, I think, but I think that was more of a case of he had to pop up because... He had to catch Adam. He had to catch Adam. <laughs> yeah. Adam does not look back when he does that Ari moonsault. He's just like, woo. No, um, no I thought this match totally rocked, and I was, yeah, it was, it's was. it been good. Man, we've just getting, been getting so much hangman lately, and we just never do, you know, for like long stretches. He's making like a grand comeback, it seems. I, I think Swerve, the feud with Swerve has been so good for both of them. I think so too, yeah. So, digging that. Um, and this match was part of it because later Hangman picks uh, a person for Swerve to fight. Although he has not said who. And if you didn't guess after the single, like the very first clue of marijuana, 420. The match will last longer than four minutes and twenty seconds. If you <laughs> even I was like, well, that's our R V D. Like 
Um, but we'll get to that. <laughs> uh, so yes, Adam wins. Um, and it's important because, you know, rankings are coming back. So uh, he and Swerve are both undefeated in 2024 at this point. Um, after that, we get to see Nick, I'm sorry, Nicholas and Matthew Jackson arrive at the arena. They show up in a giant um, SUV limo and they have, you know, the sort of douchey EVP clothes, like suits or whatever. Um, but they were like, leave, they were getting out of their limo and uh, some poor showrunner came up and was like, here's the format for tonight's show and he called them Matt and Nick which was a huge mistake mm-hmm. uh, Nick's like I swear to God <laughs> it says on our birth certificate Nicholas and Matthew and he said like their middle names and Matt Matt's was very long and I didn't write it down but it was I remember being like wait what um, also, it wouldn't say Jackson because that's not their name n- no it wouldn't uh, but <laughs> but he criticizes this man and he says you know what I'm so tired of this. You're fined $500. And he walks away and Matt looks at the guy and he's like, I know my brother can be a bit of a hothead. He's, you know, he's just a little stressed out. And then he goes, but seriously, get that $500 to us by the end of the day. And then the poor worker guy is just like, what? (laughs) So really locking in that douchey EVP character. Remember when um, Triple H kept finding awesome truth $250,000 yes <laughs> Miz and R-Truth must be totally broke at this point I mean <laughs> that's why R-Truth can't stop can't stop wrestling like, I've got fines that I still am paying off <laughs> oh yeah well they're going around finding people $500 I think it's a little more manageable but still what a dick move uh, so they're in the building um, the next match we have of the night is one I'm hoping Andy found some news on. It is Wardlow against Commander. And um, Wardlow's a really good base. Commander's a little messy. I mean, he's very impressive, but messy. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> I I don't know what move happened that may have hurt Wardlow's knee, but near the end of the match... He like he started limping and looked like it was really hard. He like got Commander up for like a power bomb, but he sort of stumbled backwards because he couldn't stand. Um, so I was kind of concerned that this there doesn't seem to be a storyline reason for this. So I'm worried Wardlow has legitimately hurt his knee. Um, and prior to that, Commander did like a splash of some kind, and he just he flipped and he landed right on Wardlow's throat, which I think probably wasn't comfortable. For Wardlow. <laughs> um, Josh Nason has a story 22 hours ago on the AW website. Uh, despite some concerns following his win over Commander on AW Dynamite, Wardlow took to social media to calm any fears about his right knee. Oh, good. Wardlow was favoring the knee at several points following a pair of drop kicks to it early on, but nothing looked to be out of the ordinary as it came off like normal selling. He even did an unassisted jump from the floor up to the apron at one point. Oh, that was cool. I remember that. Because, like, Commander jumped up to the apron and was about to do a move, and then Wardlow, like, jumped up right beside him. Scary. Yeah. Uh, at which point, 
which came after he was run into the ringside steps where he began trying to shake his knee loose. It wasn't until Wardlow powerbomb command there to end the match where it appeared something was wrong as his knee slightly gave out, causing the move to look awkward. Wardlow was visibly muttering fuck afterward and limping, slamming his hands on the ring steps in an apparent show of frustration. Um, he eventually went to the back with the rest of the Unspeed Kingdom with his right knee pad completely pulled down. Nearly 40 minutes after the show concluded, he took to uh, Twitter, oh, sorry, X, to share an update. Um, and it didn't pull that through to the story. Okay. Um, but then we have another story. Well, just initially, I'm glad to well, hear that it sounds like, uh, like he's okay. Okay, this says, uh, yes, after Dynamite ended, Wardlow posted to X stating his knee is just fine. According to our own Brian Alvarez, however, Wardlow's knee, night, knee might not be fine. Alvarez gave an update on no. Wardlow's condition during today's edition of Wrestling Zero Radio. He noted that Wardlow will be getting checked out today, and there is fear he may have sustained a, t- a torn meniscus. Uh, Wardlow says he is fine. I have been told that it's not fine, Alvarez said. I was told that he was hurt, Dave Meltzer added. What I was told was he's getting checked out tomorrow, Alvarez continued. They think it's possibly a torn meniscus, but that he dodged a bullet and it wasn't much worse. It'll probably be all right, but he is definitely not, definitely is not fine. Oh, Wardlow, that sucks. Yeah. Okay, well, that's depressing. Yeah. I did really enjoy when he um, saw himself on the big screen before he hurt his knee and um, started flexing. That was great. I thought that was really funny. <laughs> that needs to be part of his thing from now on. <laughs> yeah, it was so good. It's like looking in a mirror. You know what's weird? Like he, so he's really reminded me of Jax lately. But Vanderpump Rules Bro- for our listeners. Yeah, also Brock though. Not less. Brock. Brock. Brock oh. from. Uh, Oh, Sheena's husband. Yeah, because he's like he's like big and built. Like, well, obviously he's 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 built better than Brock, but he reminds me of like it's like Jax's head on Brock's body. Yeah, although didn't Brock cut his hair for the reunion, right? Yeah, and it was it's still cut in the season uh, eleven finale or uh, premiere. Okay, I think that gets him closer. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Yeah. War Dog sad speaking of man talk about ratings vanderpump continuing the, the hot streak is not over yet hell no yeah. i don't you i don't know find out. i don't know how long it's gonna last but um tuesday's vanderpump did a 0.55 and then even watch what happens live after did a 0.35 hot damn yeah it's crazy i still need to watch but i'm so excited and yeah I mean, like we said, what? Thank God, dynamite's not on Tuesday. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah. There's a well. I'll save it for the plug of the week. Okay, okay, okay. (laughs) I'm excited. Um, okay, so yes, uh, Wardlow did win despite you know his legitimate knee issue. Um, and then after the match, his uh, undisputed kingdom people roderick and bennett and taven because you know adam cole's in a wheelchair and also cole was like on commentary for this looking just so in love with Wardlow. um but roderick gets in the ring and he yells that yells at commander because apparently he offered him a deal last friday 
and Commander didn't take it, and so now he's going to pay a price, and they, they start to beat up poor Commander. And then Orange Cassidy and the best friends come out to save him, and, you know, they stare everybody down because these are the true rivals. And then Roderick Strong is just like, thanks for coming out. We'll see you later. And he and the kingdom retreat. And that's that's that. Roderick's so just so boring. <laughs> I think that I still think they're going to do Trent and, uh, and uh, um, Rocky against the kingdom. I think that would be fun. Mm-hmm. I would enjoy that. So. I could see that on like zero hour. Yeah. Yeah. For the titles, right though? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would watch that. That'd be fun. I mean I wouldn't watch it anyway, but would like to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So after that, Tony Schwani gets his own cool sit down interview with Ricky Starks, Big Bill, Darby, and Sting. Um, and they have decided that the match because Ricky wants to prevent Sting from getting to Revolution, so he and Bill have decided they'll have their match early. So there is a tag team title match next week. And um, in this interview, as with many, apparently, there's no physicality allowed. So he starts with Ricky, and he's he's like, tell us about how you're feeling. And Ricky's just like, you know, Sting, it's been a big journey for you in AEW. And I don't know if you remember, but... It started with me because I was your first win in AEW. And uh, he says he respects him, but like he doesn't, he thinks, you know, essentially that like he doesn't get enough credit for, I guess, launching Sting's career in AEW. Um, And Darby Allen is like not happy with this assessment. He says uh, he's treating Sting like a stepping stone and that's really not giving him the respect he says he has for Sting. And so, uh, you know, he just basically calls him out for talking shit. And so uh, Starks is like, well, great. Me and Bill are going to retain the tag titles next week. And we're also going to keep Sting from making it to Revolution and his retirement by extension. So whatever. And then he also adds that he doesn't respect Darby Allen. So, um, you know, just real heel shit. And he and Bill start talking more shit. And just complaining about how they're overlooked and, like, they want to take their frustrations out on somebody and they'll start with Sting and Darby. And, um, you know, they're just typical, we've got our titles and we don't think we're respected enough sort of deal. And Sting's like, okay. Like, and he he focuses on Bill specifically. And he's like, you know, I've faced a lot of giants in my career and they were killers. And I'm not sure about you, so I'm not really all that threatened. And then... um. Starks is like, he he takes the tact to be like, I'm going to get in your face and try to initiate physicality, trick you into physicality, but Sting stops Darby, who, you know, is a little hothead. Um, And so they don't, there is no physicality, but Darby wants it. And uh, next week uh, he'll get to have it and hopefully take those titles because I don't see a world where he and Sting lose, right? Sting, uh, pointed out that like Darby's very protective of me. Yes, it was very cute. It was like I'm I'm the goth dad, but Darby's very protective. 
what is Darby going to do? Like, I mean, I hope he has other friends in the company. I'm sure he does, but like, I just, it seems like those two really bonded, you know? He spent a lot of time with Sting. Yeah. Do you think Sting might, uh, might come on in, like, as a, in a limited capacity, like somewhere backstage, maybe? I don't think so. I, you think, I think he's just done? Yeah, I think he'll probably, like, pop up maybe occasionally for special appearances, but I don't think he wants to. I don't think he wants that, like, he's never had a backstage role in the company, you know? Um, and yeah. there are plenty of times where he probably could have if he wanted to. But uh, yeah, I don't think he wants that. I don't think he wants that grind. I mean, hey, that's fair. I think it's a good way for if you kind of age out of the physical part to to stick around if you're into it. But if you're, yeah, I mean, if you're, if it's, you know, if you're obsessed with the business or, you know, you just need to keep making money after your yes. <laughs> days are over. Uh, and <laughs> neither of those apply to Sting. So, you know. Fair enough. I guess go on Sting, enjoy your life. Like, do your do your thing. But I do. I, I hope like, he. I have a weird, like, as I've gotten older, um, and I'm sorry to cut you off. Uh, no, I just hope he, he like, writes to Darby. You know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> whatever Sting does. Sends a raven every once in a yeah. while. Um, <laughs> I, as I've gotten older, I have gotten, and I guess just gotten more perspective on people who are really driven and really obsessed with certain things. Yeah. Um, I've, I've come to appreciate the wrestlers who treat it more like a job uh, more. Because when I was young, I would look at a guy like Bill Goldberg and, and, and kind of say like, oh, you know. Guy didn't love the business, just, you know, he was just there for the paycheck. And it's just like, well, yeah, motherfucker. Like, that's, it's a, it is a business. Like, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's a requisite that you're like, you know, that you grew up as a fan from childhood and were obsessed with doing it. It's just like, it's, it takes all kinds, you know? And, yep. uh, and Sting, I, I think Sting likes wrestling. I think Sting really, you know, has enjoyed his time in the business, but he's not like, <sighs> He's not like a like an Adam Copeland, you know, who just has been obsessed with it since the day, you know, he was like first saw it on television when he was six years old. You know what I mean? It's just it's just different. Yeah. 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 And also like like you said, I mean, back office jobs are not something that interests just like the type of job that interests everyone. It's you know, it's an office job. Yeah. Now it's it's an office job in the entertainment industry, which might make it a little more inter- interesting than than your typical office job. But yeah, okay, fair enough. But yeah. it it could also get messy, like some other companies we've seen. God, yeah. Hmm. Forty years of rape culture comes to a head. Oh, it's been more than forty years of that being a thing. But yes, in WWE. Well, I mean, sure. I mean, in WWE, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Ugh, what really burns me is that someday he's going to get a movie made about him and it's not probably going to be as bad as it should. I mean, there's a Netflix documentary that is supposed to come out this year. Um, oh. Just like lionizing Vince McMahon. And I cannot even, I cannot even imagine that that thing has to be canceled at this point. They've got a, that can't see the light of day ever. <laughs> yeah, this is one you, you just, Cut your uh, yes, I mean, don't you, ask Jenny. It's a line item. You, you 
by cutting it, you probably you save money, right? And just yeah, that's what that's what uh, HBO did with uh, or Warner Bros. did with the Batwoman movie. Yeah, makes me sad. <laughs> Brendan Fraser is very psyched about that because he thinks that he thinks if that movie had come out, he would not have won the Oscar. Oh, that's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks that would have like completely screwed over his chances. Oh, Brendan. He was like, he was like, I was not good in it, and it was a bad movie. <laughs> Oh, Brent. Okay. Well, I'm glad for him for winning the Oscar, but that's fine. That thing's got to leak out at some point, right? I, again, like, I don't understand the industry because to me it's, it seems like such a weird thing to dump a bunch of money into something, even if it's bad, like movie-wise, like at this point in time, couldn't you get some return on investment by streaming it? But apparently it's better if you don't. It's a loss you, and if you, you get like, more credit. If you need a tax write down, like right that second or for that year, I guess yeah, that's what that's when you make that move. Because anyway, anyway, no. yeah, no, uh, scrap that Netflix, scrap that Vince one, maybe, maybe recut it through the power of editing. Can you make it into a proper villain movie? Because that's what we need. No. Oh, okay. Well, speaking of other would be villains, <laughs> that's just a joke segue. I don't actually know if Chris Jericho is still getting booed seemed like he was doing fine in this crowd but he has a match against kyle fletcher god talk about like a like yes i think that's mostly like dissipated and b if it hadn't it would have after this past week yeah what a great week for the to chris jerica no longer the main character of wrestling twitter (laughs) yep yep still don't know if there have ever been any official allegations still sort of confused Nope. nope but Okay, so people were singing his song. <laughs> Seems like he's on a better footing now. Kylie Ray did finally tweet something with words. What did she say? Was it like... Keep, keep talking. Let me see if I can find it. Okay, so Chris Jericho is going up against uh, Kyle Fletcher. And so obviously Don Callis and Powerhouse Hobbs are out there. I think Takeshita is in the back because he shows up at the end of the match. But he's not out there menacing people the way Hobbs is. Um so Kyle Fletcher is he's a young upstart. I know that's not true because he has a lot of experience in the industry, but like relative to Jericho he is. And so he was really going hard for it. And I thought it was a good match. Um Andy's about to tell me what what the news update is. So okay. um, someone uh, named Kiefer Bartek, who is apparently the owner of New Texas Pro Wrestling. Um tweeted, we all really need to do a better job protecting women in and around the wrestling business. And Kylie Ray responded, abuse of power is just heartbreaking, honestly. I mean, both of those things are true. I don't translate that to allegations. Yes. And I, I'm not, I, I feel like I, I'm coming off like I'm calling her out. I'm not. She is under obviously under no obligation to say anything about anything, but... It's just, yeah, we're just, we're still, we're quite removed from this. And I don't think she's, I don't think, I don't think she's ever going to say anything about Chris Jericho. Yes. I also like do not expect if she doesn't want to come forward, she doesn't have to. I just, in the, uh, it's just, what is, what, what does wrestling Twitter expect us to do with or feel about this situation without anything? Exactly. It's yeah, like, like <laughs> why did somebody else stir up something on her behalf if she what she didn't initiate it and she doesn't cl- like apparently seem to want to 
speak about it. It's I'm like, what am I? What do? What do you want me to feel about this? You want me to hate Jericho? I mean, do I believe he could be totally creepy? A hundred percent. But like, has there been anything that I've heard that makes me feel like something happened? No. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Nobody's said anything. The potential victim has said nothing. So as of right now, I'm just going to assume she doesn't want to deal with it. If it is even a thing to deal with. So. Yeah. Okay. So focus on Vince McMahon. He's a total dickhole. Um, anyway, Kyle Fletcher. He gives it a lot. He gives it his all, I would even say. But Jericho hits him with two Judas effects. One... <laughs> He was diving out of the ring and he hit him mid-air with it, which looked very, like, painful, but also well done. And then once they got back in the side of the ring, Jericho hit him again. And so that is how he defeated young Kyle Fletcher. But, you know, it's quite a match. And Fletcher is obviously very talented. Fletcher rocks. Uh, yeah, this was, this was the best Jericho singles match in quite a while, I thought. And also, this is the uh, I feel like this is the most out of shape week we're gonna have for Chris Jericho this year because he's just coming <laughs> off the Jericho cruise. So, give, so cut him some slack. He was up there on stage um, performing a cover of a weekend song. Apparently, it didn't go over well. Oh no! And, uh, <laughs> I'm sure it went over well because he was on his own cruise, but it uh, it didn't get good reviews from the videos that came out. Um, he and uh, the Big Show uh, reprised their uh, you know mid 2000s tag team Jericho show so that's fun oh shit okay and uh yeah i don't know i didn't hear much else about the cruise <laughs> i feel without like without having um being the elite cover it or like be having people from there be on it to film it i don't really i, I don't hear a lot about the jericho cruise and what's going on with it i wonder because I'm sure that he would have loved to keep having like a dynamite from there every year. And yeah. I thought the like I thought that first one was so fun. It felt like a road trip or it felt, it felt like a field trip, you know. Um, so Somebody know. got I thrown wonder. into a pool. You want you That's love right. that. I, I do love that. Max uh, Max got thrown into a pool, and uh, I don't. I just don't know why I, I would love to ask Tony Khan among many things. I would ask Tony Khan that's, that's on the list of questions. Like why no more uh, Jericho cruise dynamites. Now, if you remember, they did not trust, like they they did not trust it enough to do a live episode. Right. And then do you remember they like, there were like two, was it planes or helicopters? There were, I think it was two helicopters that each had like a copy of the tape that like flew back to mainland in case oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. He, he was really he was really covering his bases there. He's like, what are we gonna air if this doesn't happen? Yeah. Because yeah. apparently there wasn't like internet, you know. Well, no, I mean it's like a cruise. International waters, yeah. Yeah. But uh, no, I'd look. God, I'd love to see. I would. I just want to see dynamite from weird locations. Hmm. I agree. I thought I thought the cruise dynamite was very fun. Um, I wonder if it's just a hassle to like I, how long is the cruise? Like, are you committing your people, whatever group of people you send, to be gone for more than one show? You know, like maybe it's just not easy to plan around. Yeah, especially now that they have two live shows a week. 
Mm-hmm. Like that was the weird. This was back before they even had a rampage. You know, it was, it was just dynamite. So yeah, so those guys could be gone for a full week yeah. without. So oh well. Um, I wish they could make it work though. Yeah, just pick a little subset. I think that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Jericho, <laughs> regardless of his his being back on land readiness, he did get the win. Um, after he did that, Takeshita did come out. His music hit, and he walked out on stage. Um, and I guess he he's just here to stare down Jericho because he's going to have a match with him next week on Dynamite. And I feel like Takeshita is a very uh, capable opponent, and I think he should win. He was so hot when he walked out. He is gorgeous. Like, this was like a new level, though. I don't know what he did, but, like, he was so handsome when he walked out on that stage. He's just a buff boy. I don't know. <laughs> My God. Hey, uh, I think I think this is so... He put a Jericho over in DDT, so I think, I think it's... Hopefully it's time to return the favor and... Takeshita beats Jericho on Dynamite. I fully cannot believe a world in which Jericho beats Takeshita clean without, you know, any cheating of any kind at this point in time. Well, I mean, I would have thought that, but then, like I said, he he won in Takeshita's home promotion, so. (sighs) Okay. Well, hopefully next week Takeshita gets a win back, because... That's I gotta think that's what it was for. I gotta think it was like Jericho's like, all right, you put me over here in Japan, I'll put you over in America. You know? Yeah. Okay, good. Good. We'll see next week. Um Okay. So after that we get uh that, that match the match between Jericho and Fletcher was so good that I came out of it thinking like I'm actually excited for a Chris Jericho singles match next week, you know? That is wild. Wild yeah. energy to have, but I guess good. They accomplished it's, what they wanted to. It's been a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah, he has a week to like dry up after the the cruise and get going. Uh, but yeah, after that match, we uh, we get a video package for the not for the women's match, but for Diana Prato and Tony Storm's relationship. Like, you know, they used to be friends. She talks about her tattoos and how they all mean something. Yes. Yes. And she, you know, she says her and Tony both have that weird duck tattoo because they got it while they were, um, you know, in England or whatever. And it shows a bunch of pictures of them as friends, which I thought was really sweet. And she just basically is like, "This, this means something specific to me. And I'm just wondering, Tony, now, like, now that you are where you are um, with, you know, everything going on with you, what does that mean to you? So I think I think this is the best um, Deanna has come off personality wise. I think she still seems pretty nervous doing live promos. But in this environment with like this really good video behind her, I thought she came off really well. Yes. And I'm a little surprised she's so nervous about promos because she she's worked major promotions before, right? I mean, she was an impact, which major which promotion is at least a TV promotion, you know, there's a crowd, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay, there's, yeah. There's, there's an audience. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, like there is a difference knowing like you're on, you're going to be on like access TV, which, you know, versus TBS, you know? Yeah, I guess fair enough. I was just a little surprised because I thought she would, would have been used to it. Like she, 
she didn't strike me as somebody coming up from indies where she literally never had to talk. Right. But, yeah. But I don't know. It's also there's also like a charm to that to being like, oh, it's so sweet that you still are like affected by this. It's good. Mm-hmm. So we will get to the women's match, but before we do, we get to hear from the Bang Bang Scissor Gang, and they. Yeah, I don't do nothing. That's what I thought when I got to the end of it. I was like, did I miss something? I I do feel like this is like a not uncommon practice for the acclaimed, though. Aren't they usually hyping up like a? Something, even if it's just as nebulous as, like, we're going after belts. Like, yeah, I guess they didn't even say anything like that, like, with with that much direction, right? It was just, <laughs> well, okay, so, I mean, you know, like, not to step on it, and I won't. No, go. They did, I, they did debut a new character, so I guess that was the point of the of the thing. That does seem to be the biggest thing that happened. Yes, they come out, it's, it's Bullet Club Gold, it's the acclaimed and daddy ass, and, uh... Max Caster is like, hey, we're for-, or no, maybe Bowen's like, we're forgetting somebody. Get Cardblade. And so they go under the ring and pull out Cardblade, who we haven't seen in a really long time. And then I Colton's was, like, I was so happy to see Cardblade. I was too. I was a little like, oh, I did miss him. But then Colton goes, nah, we fired that guy a while ago. Get the new guy. Get Juice Board. And so. <laughs> Austin goes and grabs um, Juice Board, their new standee. This is, of course, Juice uh, because Juice is out injured. So, you know, we've always got to have a stand-in if you leave. So that's the new character. That's part of their group. And then Austin, would you do you have anything to say about Juice Board, first of all? I do. I, I don't know 100% that this was the first stable to, or group to do this, but... I want to um, shout out the incredible influence of the BFFs. Yes, I was going to say. No, that's what I was saying. Like, I'm not sure if they were the first ones to do it, but I, but I, that's the first ones I remember doing it, and I feel like that's who I think of uh, because for people who don't remember, back in uh, like 2014 NXT era, yep. when there there was a stable where that was led by Summer Rae. <laughs> She was the she was the star of the stable. Believe it or not, <laughs> backed up by Charlotte and Sasha Banks, uh, who were like rookie, rookie, rookies at the time. Yes, and and so they were the BFFs. They got into all kinds of mischief together, but fairly early into the run, Summer Rae got the like the post WrestleMania call up mm-hmm. to be in the act with Fandango. Yep. So when there was like a cycle of tapings that for NXT that Summer Rae couldn't be at, which if you remember, like they taped like four shows in a row. So if you, if you missed that taping, you were gone, you were off TV for like a month. It was wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she, so they would, they had a Summer Rae head on a stick that they, (laughs) that they would carry around. Like uh, little masks. Yeah. Yeah. Like little masks to represent her while, while she was gone. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. I love that time. Yeah. And honestly, much more manageable than just Cartner on a full-on life-size cardboard cutout. Because, I don't know if you noticed, but Juice Board looked like it had already been through some shit. Oh, yeah. Juice Board has been through the ringer, yeah. Like, the the arm of Juice Board is ready to fall off. 
Yeah, it was it was it's like Jenny's around. teddy bear's uh, bow tie. So it's really ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, maybe you got to, like, reinforce juice board or something. Yeah. I tell you, Megan, if we ever get, like, if we ever get Patreon popular, my, my pitch, like, because obviously we have to do a collision show at that point for the for the subscribers. Like, we, we'd have to. We'll have to bring for it back. Fans. Yeah. But the other the other thing I want to do, I think we should do, like, full sale NXT from the beginning week by week. Um, If people want to pay to hear my opinion about that, I will 100% commit to doing it. <laughs> At the five dollar level, <laughs> with with like the full, with the full knowledge that like we've already done a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, but I I would love I would love, staff, love, love, love yeah to go back yes to to go back do the NXT full sale also because at some point we all did drop off so there would reach a year where it's like uh oh this is actually all new to us. Okay, but you know what's a bummer about that. It's bad. It's we'd be in like pandemic era wrestling again. That's true. And, and that, they didn't. They they just like were in an empty building for a long time. Yeah, they didn't get the <laughs> dome or what, what was it called? The video. Yeah, thing? I don't think they ever got the Thunderdome, but Thunderdome. Like, yeah, but uh, no, they. Yeah, anyway, yeah, no. I I I have a, I still have a lot of affection for um, Full Sail Air NXT. Literally, listeners, if you want to join Patreon to hear this, and also, I guess, collision recaps, and probably more stuff we could come up with, let us know, because like I twist my arm even a little, and I think I would be on board with that. Yeah, for real. Um, that is that is a that is a show that I am passionate about. Yeah, yeah. There's been a lot of, like, um, kind of revisionist history lately about like eh, it wasn't really that good i'm like no motherfucker it was like <laughs> are you kidding me no no see i would want to rewatch just to also like it was it was a well-behaved 45 minute uh long wrestling show it was so good i loved it and at 45 minutes if something sucked it was usually only about five minutes yeah <laughs> it was over yeah even if the whole show sucked which it never did it would be like okay you're done in 45 minutes who cares yeah i feel like we wasted more time watching some episodes of Raw and SmackDown. <laughs> Good lord, yes. Yeah. Okay, so keep that in mind. Hit Andy up on Twitter. I don't know how else to contact us. That is yeah. where we're at. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay, so Juice Board's a new character. Yeah. And then... He looks great. <laughs> <laughs> he is folding over already. They need to... I was just... I was literally thinking about him when they were making their entrance. I was just like... I was Where's like, Juice? How are they going to deal with Juice coming back? Now, do you think during their entrance, they're going to find a way to, you know, when they like do the circle around thing, do you think they'll find a way to get Juice Board to stand up in the place where Juice is supposed to be so that they can do the full circle? Oh, I hope well, so. Because that yeah. would be fun. Yeah, good point. Yeah. I just, you, I'm still, so this, this, I feel like this segment did not give me any more clarity on whether they're going to, this group is going to last beyond revolution or not. Absolutely not. They didn't say anything. <laughs> they literally were like, they came out, Max and Bowens were just like, hey, Bullet Club Gold, where's, you know, card, uh, or card blade? And then we introduced Juice Board. This is all that's happened thus far. And then <laughs> Austin Gunn is like, time to sign off. And he starts to do the, like, we've got two words for you. And uh, Billy Gunn's like, whoa, kid, I'm right here. And Austin's like, 
dad, this is kind of my thing. <laughs> and then Billy Gunn's like, I don't care. <laughs> so he does, he does it. Father. Father, <laughs> papa. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they do that. And then that's it. That was just like, oh, they scissored, obviously. Because you have to. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, they didn't, there was no, there was no real message <laughs> to get across. No, I was very, it was, I mean, I guess it was worth it for uh, for Juice Board, but we'll see. We'll see what comes of it. Yeah, right. that, that's what we got. Um, So now, now we do get the women's match. And of course, because it's a women's match and Tony Storm is the champion, she comes out to do commentary. And I swear to God, <laughs> she is purely there to just break all the commentators with her because... And I'm getting this out of the way now because much like on television, the commentary overshadowed the match in many ways. So I just want to highlight some. Tony Storm comes out. She's appalled. She's like, Mr. Siobhan, what happened to your face? <laughs> it's like, and then they try to explain to her like Ian Rick- Riccoboni was here last week and she's just like, no. Um, she thinks something terrible has happened to Tony. And then she also... During the commercial break, picture in picture, if you were in the UK or Europe proper, um, you would have heard Excalibur made a rare mistake. And he said, John Moxley, he was talking about Moxley's match and he was talking and he said, Jeff Harvey. And Tony Storm's like, oh, yes. Uh, wouldn't want to forget our great Jeff Harvey. And they, <laughs> you could hear them all giggling. And then... Um, so this is a match between Deanna Perazzo and Ty Valkyrie. And Tony also said, like, I would have told Ty, uh, Ty Valkyrie to, um, you know, head up tits out. But she clearly already got that memo. And then at one point, Deanna did a chop and Tony literally that, goes. That part was during, uh, I, I got to see that part. Oh, the titties? She said, yeah. oh, her titties. And I, the men went silent. You could hear Excalibur being like, <laughs> They didn't well, no, know what to say. The, the tits, the, like, she clearly got the memo. I heard that. Oh, okay. There was one point. The titties. <laughs> the titties. Um, Deanna uh, chopped Taya in the chest, and Tony just goes, oh, no, her titties. <laughs> and and everyone was trying to hold back giggles, and they went silent. So, um, I don't know. Tony Storm, killing them. She's... She, I, I just re- like I know I know a lot of people hate it, but I I think it's I, I really I really get a kick out of it still. I love it. I think she's so good at it, and I like she... what was it she said she was like when, when they were coming when Taya and Johnny TV were coming down the um, the ramp. She said something like, "I don't like these new Hollywood types. They don't even have key parties." Yep. <laughs> yep. I like. She Which is funny because she's like from the 20s and that's like a 60s, 70s thing. I guess she's just all eras. She's pulling references in ways that I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah. Amazing. Because she also called Excalibur somebody and I forget who it was because I don't know them. Man, not Johnny Mansell, that's not right. It was another M name, but like that seemed to really like pop these wrestlemen in a she way that called- like. She had a note for Taz. She said, "Like, excuse me, Mister Tasmanian Devil. It's uh, it's pronounced souple." Yep. He's <laughs> like, "Oh, I'm the souple master." Okay. 
Yes. Oh, she called Excalibur Sean Mooney. Okay. Yes. He's so he's a like he's like a classic late eighties, early nineties WWF announcer. Okay. She said yeah. she knew who was under that mask. So. Yeah. Um. Yes. Okay. So just just kind of giving her credit where credit is due because I love her gimmick. And also, I think she has, like, a deep well of knowledge that both impresses and totally breaks these uh, old men announcers, which, I don't know, just warms my heart. Um, But anyway, Deanna and Taya have a match, and I want to say it's good. Honestly, I was very distracted by the commentary, (laughs) but it seemed good. It was, yeah, it was, I, you know, I've never been, like, blown away by Taya as a, like a worker, I think she's like a great personality and I, I, I enjoy her. Like yes. I, I enjoy like, I enjoy like the package that is Taya Valkyrie, you know? Yes. Uh, but I thought they had a good match and I really liked that finish that, that like submission hold looked brutal. Yeah. Cause Taya is flexible as hell. Cause she, she had like the, the two arm, like a squeeze or whatever the Venus de Milo, I, be- I believe it's called, but Taya was, she had her like basically in a split almost. And it looked painful as hell, but like, damn. Yeah. So I thought the match. I thought the match was very good, and uh, I think they're doing like they're doing a good. It's it's. See, here's the thing about Tony Storm, about timeless Tony Storm. Yes. Um, I enjoy the presentation. I enjoy the character. I enjoy all the little jokes and references. I do think it's difficult to build up like an actual feud with her because she's a character who's incapable of like t- taking anything seriously because that's. It would be kind of a betrayal of the character if she did. Um, yes. But with all the personal history and stuff and backstory, I think like they're doing a pretty decent job of it with Diana. I think so too. And I think there is an angle you could take where Diana gets to her so much that it like essentially breaks her out of mm-hmm. this and makes her really mad and gets her going. So, I mean, there's potential for that, but I don't... <laughs> She did that. Yes, when Deanna came up to the, like, sort of, like, to get in her face on the commentary, Tony Storm, to prepare, did the the, the old-timey, like, picture boxer. man. Yeah, boxer, like, pencil-thin mustache, sort of, like, fists, fisticuffs. Um, she also said, I forgot about this line, but it, it, it's wild that she was allowed to say this on TV, I guess. Uh, but she said... She loved New Orleans because she was given a lovely pair of beads when she arrived, but not for her neck. And I was like, sweet Jesus. <laughs> and the commentary team was like, we're not allowed to comment on that. <laughs> they just went silent again. They were like giggling. That was wild. Do you remember, did you ever see the um, the SNL that Conan O'Brien hosted? No. Where he did the sketch about like early 1900s boxing where he portrayed James the Gentleman Masher Corcoran. No, but my God, it is so easy for me to go from, like, hearing that and picturing Conan doing a character like that. Okay, I'm not going to tell you anything more about it. I'm just going to I'm gonna send you a link to it for, for you to watch after the show. But, okay, uh, thank you. Yeah. It's like an all-time great SNL sketch. Yep, that seems right. Yeah. Okay, okay. Okay, so we just had the women's match of the night, which, uh, you know, is just a total precursor to the main event. Um, But before that, we go backstage where Renee is with Darby Allen, and she she goes, hey, Darby, 
can you tell me about how much you admire the Young Bucks? And Darby's like, the fuck? <laughs> like, he looked confused and was like, what are you talking about? Uh, and and Renee just sort of like was silent. And then the Bucks walk up and they have headsets on and they're like, go on. Why don't you answer the question, Darby? Uh, and Matt's like, we come in peace. We come in peace. We love you. You're young. You're hot. Like you just the way you are. And because of that, we're kind of confused about why you're allowing Sting, a 65-year-old leech, to kind of be stuck to you. Um, but even so, he's like, you know, why don't, when when Sting goes away, why don't you team up with us? So it's the it would be the Bucks and Darby. And he's like, we could be a new hot tag, or trio. And he's like, you know... <laughs> We had our goth time back in high school. We could probably, we could probably go back to that. We could summon that. And uh, Darby just looks like so not into any of what's going on. And Nick is finally like, "Look, uh, we've know we know you've been ducking us." Um, and Darby's like, "Not really. Actually, all that's on my mind is this tag team championship that's coming up." And he just he does not have time for them, so he just takes off. He leaves and Matt is like, well, okay, I guess, uh, I guess we'll have to get his attention some other way. And then he turns to Renee and is just like, Renee, you've been doing a great job. You should get a raise. You're so good. And she's just like, okay. <laughs> and they walk away. <laughs> okay. This concerns me. Uh, a, because like, I'm pretty sure they're not doing uh, my plan for this feud. And uh, B, like, I mean. Sounds sounds to me like they're going to try to cost them the titles next week. Of course. And you know, as EVPs, they have that power. Yeah. I hope they do not. <laughs> I mean, in character, they seem to think they do. No, 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 not that they do not have that power, but that I hope they do not cost them the tag titles. Because at this point, if what I wanted to happen is not going to happen, I still think Sting and Darby need to win the tag titles then. And then... Yeah. And then I, So I guess... So I guess the way it goes is they win the tag titles and the revolution, they defend the tag titles and the, and the heat is that you're going to believe that the bucks can win because it's stings last match. I guess, I guess that's the psychology. I guess, but at the same time, like I wouldn't even say like with big bill and Ricky, it's to me in my head, I don't even calculate the titles so much as like, they're not going to like defeat Darby and Sting right before Revolution, right? Even if no, Darby absolutely. ate the tag, that w- that would be so no, stupid. No, like that's this is a non-starter. Like 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 Sting and Darby are winning the tag titles next yeah, week. Yeah. So but my question is like, then at the Revolution pay per view and the match against the Young Bucks is the is the thinking like, okay, well people we can make people believe that the Young Bucks can win because Sting's going away afterwards. And because they are the young, like, heel young bucks and they would cheat is what I would think. Yeah, yeah. I guess, but at the same time, like, for a retirement match in AEW, that, there's no, <laughs> there's no way in my head that Sting loses. See, yeah, that's that's my whole thing. Like, I don't think anybody's going to believe that Sting can lose at any point. So why not do it where they win the tag titles at revolution and then you get the, like the huge celebration because them retaining the tag titles is not going to be as big a deal. Maybe <laughs> there's still the option of like next week, the match like Ricky and big bill come out and then 
Darby and Sting are about to come out and the Young Bucks step in. They're like, no, no, we've rescheduled it. Like, uh, we are now the opponents. And that is possible. I I think anybody who bought a ticket to see the tag match will be sad and, and mad. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, that is, poss- that is possible. Do you think it would help if Sting and Darby, like, walked out <laughs> before the Young Bucks stepped I mean, in? Like, they would, no, they, they would have to, right? Like, the match is, like, about <laughs> to start and that happens. That's how yeah. it works, you know? So, yeah, yeah maybe, maybe that could still happen. Um, but, yeah, I guess we'll see. I don't know. Because you're, you're right. Like, them winning at Revolution, even though, again, that would also be predictable. At least it would be, like, a fun predictable of like a heartwarming way for sting to go out yeah and you get a big celebration afterwards yeah so i do hope the young bucks flex their flex their evp powers and interfere in a way that's like now we're fighting this it's fine so here's my question for you okay seems like we're gonna i mean you know spoiler but it seems like we're probably gonna get Samojo defending against Hangman or Swerve or maybe a dreaded three-way, right? Like that kind of seems like the way things are going. Um, Yeah. If you're Tony Khan, what match main events revolution? I mean, tradition-wise, it would have to be the... The world title. Yeah, the Joe match. Yeah. But feel-good-wise... The tag titles yeah and you're in the carolinas and like that building sold out so fucking fast when they announced that it was like sting was going to retire there like, and, like what think, are you going to follow up that match exactly with? yeah like do you, yeah um i think i think i would break tradition and i would do the tag title match last absolutely and i think nobody would complain honestly if you're like oh it's World no, title first, and then nobody's gonna p- complain. But if there is just like a weird like rigidity to, you know, putting certain types of matches at certain pl- places on the show, even when I think other matches should go. Like I like I still think that I mean it turned out fine, but I still think that at Revolution, um, twenty twenty, that Bucks versus uh, Hangman and Kenny should have man evented. Oh yeah, the emotional toll of that was crazy. Yeah. I also think that by being so rigid, I mean, you do take away from the other match that has to follow it because I bet the main or like the world championship match is going to be good. And to sort of put it after something that like saps all the the like emotional energy from the room is kind of yeah. you're just like screwing over something that is good. Yeah. yeah you're like you're essentially you're you're guaranteed that you're going to like fuck over at least the first 10 minutes of the main event. Yeah. So yeah. why Until not just crowd kind of like gets back, you know? Yeah. yeah. I'd go with a tag match. I would too. I think you end the night on like a really high fun point and sting goes out on top and. And you know, and... that match is going to be great because Darby and the young bucks won't let it not be great. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. So. Yeah. And I feel like Tony Khan is smart enough to book it that way. I hope so. Yeah. And buck tradition, if you will. Yeah. But. We'll see. Um, but speaking of the world championship contention, mm-hmm. the main event tonight is Swerve Strickland against a mystery opponent who has been hinted at just throughout the evening with marijuana references. It's RVD, guys. 
surprise, Ooh. surprise, 420, smoke weed every day. Um, <laughs> it is RVD, and Adam, as RVD is walking out, Adam has like a little inset promo, and he says, you know, Swerve, it's funny because you must have not read the paperwork right because you're allowed to pick your opponent. You could have picked my opponent, and you can pick the type of match it is. And so I'm picking a no-holds-bar match, or a hardcore match, I'm sorry. And, you know, this is RVD's special, so as soon as the bell sounded, he just threw a chair at Swerve, and um, and that's kind of the tone. He set the tone. So we got a hardcore match between these two, and RVD got a lot of offense on Swerve initially, because, again, he was stunned by that chair, and then... There, there was basically no stopping uh, for that point. And so eventually, like, Swerve does kind of get back into this and makes his comeback. And he does ultimately win because, you know, he needs the win. But the crowd loves this match. I thought it was a good match. Um, the crowd demanded tables repeatedly. I believe they got some out. But, yeah, like, RVD surprisingly can still go well yeah they got him out because uh like rvd pushed swerve off the turnbuckle through one of them yep yep it was intense <laughs> um but yeah it was swerve, good match. Like, for, for something that was never in doubt for a second it was it turned into a pretty damn good match yes and people were so hyped to see rvd so like even though you knew he was gonna lose People were happy to see him. He put on a hell of a show for them. Um, but yes, Swerve wins because, of course, he does. And that preserves the fact that both he and Adam are currently undefeated in 2024. And Adam comes out after the match and says, you know, even though the rankings aren't going to be released till tonight, he, I think we can assume that since, you know, you and I are both undefeated, we're probably going to be the ones up for the option to fight Smojo for that world title. Um, and he says, I'm going to be the next world champion. And Strickland is like, okay. And he sort of laughs at him. And then he, he points out like, I've beaten you twice and you have, I have nothing left to prove to you. But since you want another match so badly, because they want to break that whole uh, ratings or rankings tie, he says, fine, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll let you you have another match. And Adam's like, okay, well, last two times you won, you needed help from the local embassy. So this time it's just going to be us. Um, and so I was like, well, after I win, I'm going to go on to go after that world championship. And, uh, and that's how the show ends because then we're, as we're going off air, uh, I believe Excalibur says like Tony Khan has made it official next week. We get that tiebreaker match strickland versus page it's the third time they're meeting the rubber match and not whoever rubber wins match. not the rubber match is that no. the second one third no it's the, th- it's the third match but there's no rubber because swerve won both of the first two matches oh you're right okay for some reason i'm like the third one's just a rubber match that's fine <laughs> <laughs> um no so they're gonna but it will it will upset the rankings because didn't, they're yeah. tied didn't, didn't jenny like come at us with like the last time rubber match came up did she come at us with some like fucking regency facts like isn't it from like 
cribbage or whist or something Some like card that. card game, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, like, had it in her back pocket. I'm just like, what are you yeah. talking about? How did you, how did you know this was going to come up? Yeah. But, yeah, so that's how we're Yeah, ending. big announcement for Tony Khan. But a real big announcement or did just, you like. Or did, you, did you not hear that? I don't think I heard it. I think I was okay. paying attention to the Swerve stuff. Was, it was so. It was described as a big announcement. I don't trust that wording. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. I don't think Tony has set me up to c- correctly understand what that means. So sure. I am cautious <laughs> with how much energy I'm going to put into thinking about it. Look, I don't blame you. <laughs> Is there any uh, chatter on the t- the X or the wrestling forums about what this might be? Well, yeah, I mean there there are two big there are two big free agents out there right now, Mercedes Monet and Kazuchika Okada, and you know I think I feel like both would fit the big announcement bill, right? Mm-hmm. So I mean those are the two things that are being talked about. Okay, I would be happy with either of those being it if I hear about tickets to like all in. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not going to consider that a big announcement. <laughs> Now, so there is there is the possibility that uh, the other thing that I've seen speculated is is Mercedes adjacent, but it would be that Dynamite in March. There's like a one March date that they haven't announced yet, I think, and it was, it's going to be in the uh, the TD Garden at uh, in Boston, which um, you know would make one think that like you know oh Mercedes, but. I think it'd be better if they just said, we got Mercedes and she's going to debut at this date or whatever, you know? Yeah. Sell some tickets. Just like be clear. Yeah. Okay. I will be cautiously optimistic. I will be pissed if it's something stupid. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, I don't blame you. <laughs> so uh, what, what is coming up on Dynamite? Because you were really excited about reviewing or previewing, I'm sorry, what what that show is. You were hyped about the matches. Uh, yes, indeed, I, I was. In uh, addition to the big announcement, obviously. So we got the big announcement. We've got a uh, world tag team title match mm-hmm. with uh, the Darbster and... <laughs> The boy he's really protective of, Sting. Yeah. Uh, Sting and Darby versus Big Bill and Ricky Starks. We've got um, Swerve versus Hangman with presumably number one contender status on the line. We've got Chris Jericho versus Kenosuke Takeshita. Mm-hmm. And in a six-man trios match, John Moxley, Brian Danielson, and Claudio Castagnoli versus Mystico, Volador Jr., and Hechicero. Okay, so I just totally... Wait, was was the four on four? The four on four is for Rampage. Okay, Danielson, like, Danielson versus Hechicero is for Collision, and this okay. this, this trios is for Dynamite. Okay, cool. I'm excited to see Mystico again. Yeah. And apparently, um, I, I read so I've never seen Hechicero wrestle, but apparently he's very very technical, like in a like Zack Saber Junior type way. Ooh, interesting. Uh, minus, minus the like the really performative leftist politics. 
How dare you? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> um, you know if I need anything in my wrestling, it's leftist politics, okay? Do you need performative leftist politics? Or do you need real leftist politics? Real ones. <laughs> yeah, okay. Oh, CSJ is performative? Damn it. I don't know. I just know that he talks a big game, and then he then he got real quiet around speaking out when some of his buddies were accused of things. Sir. Yeah. Let's talk about those rankings because those did come out. And Megan, I want so I'm gonna I'm gonna go over these rankings, and then I'm gonna send you the graphic. And the graphic that they have done for these rankings, uh, it's so much better than the old graphics. So I hope that they keep this format because I really okay. like the way it looks. Okay. So. Actually, you know what I'll do? I'll just go. I'll go ahead and send it to you ahead of time, so you can look at it along with me as I'm as I'm running it down. Okay, good. And I'm I'm like just worried that like, oh, are we gonna get another so confusing C two level graphic? Because I can't read <laughs> tables. <laughs> what does it mean? Oh no! Oh my gosh, this is really nice. Isn't it pretty? Yeah, they did really nice with this. Okay. So uh, let's alternate. I'll, I'll I'll start with the trios champions. You do the tag champions. I'll do the women's contenders. Then you can do the men's uh, contenders. Okay. Um, okay. So for the trios champions, we got the acclaimed and daddy ass. Mm-hmm. And then the top contenders, we have Bullet Club Gold number one. Actually, let's do five to one. Uh, so House of Black at five. Mm-hmm. FTR and Daniel Garcia at four. The Dark Order at three. Uh, the Hardys and Mark Briscoe at two. And Bullet Club Gold at one, which is interesting to me because A, they're in a stable together, and B, they have their own set of trios titles. Yeah, that that number one spot, I was like, oh, so you just celebrated being a thing, and now I feel like that's going to tear you apart. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, how about the tag? How about the tag division? Okay, so the tag team current champs are Ricky Starks and Big Bill, and. The fifth contenders, Orange Cassidy and Trent. Uh, no, I think they've only teamed once, right? Yeah, and it was but like it was this year. So it's just it's we're just looking at January so far, right? So so they literally have like one in their win column. Right. Um, another team that I think only has one is number four, Private Party. Yeah, they've only showed up oh. once. Um, the third contender, Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli. You know, they tag team. Mm-hmm. Uh, second, we've got John Silver and Alex Reynolds. And obviously the top contenders, Sting and Darby. So here's my question. Now that we have rankings again, how do the Young Bucks earn a tag team title shot? That's why I think they have to flex their EVP powers. Okay. Fair. Because they're running around controlling stuff this show in a way they haven't before. So I'm thinking that's the setup of like... They're going hard into, we have control of things. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, women's champions, we've got Timeless Tony Storm as the AEW Women's World Champion and Julia Hart as the TBS Champion. And the top contenders, uh, number five, Mariah May. Number four, Sky Blue. Number three, Hikaru Shida. Number two, Thunder Rosa. And number one, Deanna Parazzo, which makes sense because she's been all over the, the shows so far this month. Oh, yeah. She's winning lots of matches. Has Sheeta even shown up this year? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I gotta be honest. I don't watch Rampage. So That's true. Yeah. She must have though, because Sky Blue and Mariah May have both had television matches that we've seen, and only one for Mariah May. So, like, I assume Hikaru Sheeta has 
been doing stuff, I guess, not on Dynamite. Uh, I also... 110. So she's had two matches this year. She be, Both on Rampage. She beat Anna Jay on 1-3, and on 110, she beat uh, Queen Amanada. Okay. Okay. Um, I guess they do it with the men's, too. Okay. I find it interesting that... Well, I guess... So, like, women's champions, the both set of... Both of the championships have the same, essentially, set of contenders. Mm-hmm. So... It is interesting, yeah. But then in the men's, which I will cover now, we've got so world champ Samoa Joe. We've got TNT champ Christian Cage, international champion Orange Cassidy, and continental crown champion Eddie Kingston. So all four of them have the same pool of contenders. And starting at number five, they include Roderick Strong. Uh, at number four, John Moxley. At number three, Adam Copeland. At number two, Hangman Adam Page. And at number one, Swerve Strickland. And this all makes sense um, because Roderick Strong is feuding with Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. John Moxley is has been having issues with Eddie Kingston because Eddie's been going through the BCC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Copeland, obviously, with Christian. And Hangman and Swerve with Joe. Yeah. That is a nice, clean set of... Logical opponents. Yeah. So next week we have Swerve number one versus Hangman number two. So obviously the winner of that will be the number one contender. Mm-hmm. And what do you think? Do you think we're going to get a winner, or do you think we're going to get some kind of contentious thing and we get a three way at the Revolution? I worry it's going to be the three way. I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't hate a three way, but I. I really do prefer a one-on-one for a world title. I mean, if you're going to end up with someone either keeping or a new person getting the title, why not just do like, why not just cut out the one who's, I, except for the three-way gives you the opportunity to pin somebody who's not the world champion to win the title. Yeah. But I don't know. I wish they would just pick one. I do. Too. Also, what I find interesting about this graphic, while extremely well done, is that we don't see the records. We just see the order. That's so, true. Swerve and Hangman are supposedly at the same level, and yet Hangman has been put below Swerve, which is fine, but I, w- I would like to sort of understand from a record point of view why that is. Okay, well, let's figure it out real quick together. Okay. Um, Hangman has wrestled four matches this month. He beat Claudio Castagnoli, J.D. Drake, Penta, and Toa Leona. Mm-hmm. Swerve. I can find his cage match. Has wrestled six matches this month. Okay. Sorry, seven matches this month. Beat Daniel Garcia, Matt Seidel, uh, Jeff Hardy. Won three matches on the cruise. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> uh, with which, which has AEW branding on it, at least on Cage Match, so maybe they count for his record. So he beat he beat Trent. He uh, The Mogul Embassy and Private Party teamed up to beat Top Flight, Action Andretti, Christopher Daniels, and Penta. And then the Mogul Embassy beat Top Flight and actually Andretti. Uh, 
And then Swerve, he beat Rob Van Dam last night. So technically, he has seven. He's seven and zero in uh, in twenty twenty four. Although only one, two, three, four, five, five and zero in singles matches. Okay. But still, that's more. That's more matches and more wins in singles action than than Hangman. So that makes sense. I just, I feel like the cynical part of me is like, this is a very clean, nice graphic, but it also still hides enough information to obscure or obscures enough information that I'm like, mm, I feel like there could be shenanigans if need be. I know so what you're saying. Put the numbers on there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. But other than that, very pro this. How often do you think they're going to update it? Because this is marked January 31st, 2024. So I I bet that for a while at least they'll come out every Wednesday night. Okay. Yeah. I want to keep them honest, even though I have no power to do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I hear you. All right. Well, that is dynamite. I thought it was. I thought it was actually a hell of a show, despite being kind of like you know underwhelming on paper. Yeah, kind of a secret hit. I thought all the wrestling was very good. I did too. I was pretty, I was pretty happy with it. All right, uh, so that's really about it, unless you want me to quickly run down the results of Ring of Honor from last week. <laughs> Only if you want to. I always do enjoy hearing it, but if, you know, it's up to you. Give me those sweet, sweet stats. So that'd be 125, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I usually go with a fightful report because they do a, they could do a good job just like writing down like the results. Okay, we had the righteous defeat Camaro Jackson and Anaya. No idea who those people are. <laughs> Nyla Rose defeated Lainey Luck. Okay, good Nyla. Paige's brother Zach Knight defeated Aaron Solo. Oh, okay. He's still around. Griff sure. Garrison and Cole Carter defeated the SAP. Mm. Um, it looks like Carter and Garrison attacked the SAP after the match, so they were poor winners, and then they took Serpentico's mask with them. <gasps> no, wait, so he was unmasked? I guess, so he probably just like hit his face. Oh, yeah, oh, that's mean. Blake Christian and Willie Mack defeated the Outrunners, you know, Truth Magnum and Turbo Floyd. Oh, yeah, those 80s dudes. Sure. Yeah. I guess, apparently they were a big hit on the cruise. That seems right. They got the vibe of like cruise. Diamante, Layla Gray, and Taya Valkyrie beat Kira Hogan, the Lady Frost, and Trish Adora. Okay. Uh, Lee Johnson and the Infantry defeated the Iron Savages. Oh, oh, that's good. Finally. Red Velvet defeated Heather Reckless. Okay. Uh, Billy Starks defeated Tutti Lynn. Okay. Ethan Page defeated Cody Lane. All right, good for you, Ethan. Abaddon defeated Robin Renegade. Nice. Jack Cartwheel defeated John Cruz. Oh, good for you, Cartwheel. Action Andretti defeated Anthony Henry of, I think that's uh, one half of the workhorseman, right? Uh, Yeah, he's the flippy one. Yes, uh, and in a four-corner survival match, Rocky Romero defeated J.D. Drake, the other half of the workhorseman, the goods, Josh Woods, and Slim J. 
And then finally, in the main events and a proving ground match, the ROH World Tag Team Champions, the Undisputed Kingdom, defeated Gravity and Gringo Loco. Oh, sorry, Luchadors. A a, a meager 15 matches on this television show. How long is the show? I I have no way of knowing because I can't. This this feels so unhinged the way like COVID era Rampage did. Or no, not Rampage. um, Yeah, Dark. It's, I mean, yeah, it's it's new Dark, essentially. It's Dark with belts. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I just, I'm so confused by, um, we have a streaming platform, so, you know, this will last till whenever. It starts at this time. We don't know when it ends. Did you know that um, Scott Patterson um, is selling coffee now? No. Yeah. I mean, is it like Luke's brand? Yeah, um, it's like from the Warner Brothers. It's you can buy it from the Warner Brothers shop. It's a uh, Gilmore Girls co-branded, and this is what his co- his coffee is called. Scott Patterson's coffee, Scotty P's Big Mug Coffee. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, I want to try it. Don't Man. get me wrong. <laughs> Megan, did you know? Like, um, like I don't know. I'm, I'm sure you've perused the Warner Brothers store looking for supernatural uh, uh, gaws before, but um, they've got like. <laughs> a lot of luke's merch on the uh on the know, wb store i've actually never visited this is wild to me okay w shop is this your plug of the week <laughs> no certainly not are you sure you don't want to plug luke's coffee i well i'm not a coffee drinker and i've never drank it so it would be disingenuous for me to plug it but um i'm sure it's delicious i mean i would try it for sure Depending on how much is it, I don't know. I left the page. Okay, you don't have to go back. I'm just, I anticipate it being overpriced. Oh, I'm sure. They gotta have a supernatural store, right? Yeah, there's a supernatural section. Megan, you can get a Sam Winchester. Uh, you can get your own card blade, uh, Sam Winchester. <laughs> Look, I don't need extra <laughs> huge life-size cardboard things that will no doubt scare me in the middle of the night when I wake up and I'm like, wow, why? Um, but it's good. I guess it's good to know that's an option. Thanks. Yeah, man, they got all kinds of shit here. Wow. All of it is so expensive. WB Shop. Does a t-shirt well, need to be $25? Well, you know, maybe check it out Black Friday, see what's going on. I know you love a Black Friday deal, and I, I respect love that. A Black Friday deal. You do love Black Friday deal. It's just damn when you shop from WB it directly. It is, it is marked up. Yeah. Did you guys ever have a uh, like at the? What was your what was your mall called? What was like the the big indoor mall in your area? Tri County. Uh, yeah, Tri County. I mean, did it's still have, around. Did you have but... a Warner Brothers store back in the day? I don't think so we had a warner brothers store at the downtown columbus city center mall and it was so cool um we went i I went there every time we went to the mall which was felt like fairly often when i was a little kid but it probably wasn't that often but it felt like no i think the mall used to be like a major 
option for shopping. I remember going to the mall with my mom for like clothes, pretty much anything besides groceries. And now yeah. it's like, no, nah, we just order off Amazon. The day before I started sixth grade, um, I was so I was so scared. I was like, I was so so scared to start middle school. Oh. And um, we went to the mall, um, and I bought like my parents got me a they let me pick out a T-shirt, and uh, so I got a <laughs> I got a Daffy Duck T-shirt that was like a parody of um, oh. uh, Ed- Edward Bunch's The Scream. Um, oh my god and, <laughs> Did you and, understand The reference? I mean I, I mean I knew what the painting was Yeah. Okay. Um, I, was a, I was a cultured little kid Yeah your uh, parents are actually like Probably <laughs> very much The kind of people who are like hey you're six Look at this painting No not, not six, sixth grade No I'm just saying at six I feel like they probably would They, they like seem like they just kind of Look you saw Scary movies at six or around there um, when you've admitted you shouldn't have. I'm just saying they probably threw some like actual culture in there too. Yeah. And then so, and they also let me pick out a comic book, um, which was like a trade paperback of uh, the Batman storyline, A Lonely Place of Dying, which is the introduction of the Tim Drake character. And so I just remember. That's really depressing. I, what? A Lonely Place of Dying. Yeah, uh, so I, I I remember I, I wore I, I have pictures of me in that T-shirt for the first day of school the next morning, and oh. and I read that comic book that night to completion, um, and I remember I just remember crying like because I was just I was just so scared that night. Um, oh my god! And my and my parents let me stay up especially late so I could re- finish reading the comic because it was distracting me, you know, from like my fear. So. Oh my god! I mean, that's really Tim, nice. And then Tim Drake ended up being becoming my favorite uh, comic book character. Oh. Yeah. Did you see the picture of the the T-shirt? Oh, let me look. Open up text. Oh. <laughs> Lay duck scream. Yeah. So that's no. my big memory of the Warner Brothers Studio Store. This feels like for sure something your parents would have been like, yes. That's sweet, though. Malls used to be such a thing. I. Yeah, it was like I think the idea was it was basically like to rival the Disney store was the, you know, the concept of it, I guess. Oh, that's cute, though. Well, enough about that. Uh, let's do the Elite Beat plug of the week. And Megan, why don't you kick us off? Okay, I'm going to do another, like, I don't know if it's actually a recommendation, but it's what I've seen in the past week. And I hope I'm not taking it from you, but uh, we watched Fast X this weekend. We did. Again, uh, it was what we watched instead of the Rumble, and then actually we're like, oh, wait, but the Rumble's still on Mm -hmm. afterwards. So, um, is it a good movie? I guess not. <laughs> no. But <laughs> but you know what? Like, there is a segment. They, like, split off people, right? Like, we talked about this. How, like, Vin Diesel's kind of in his own movie. And then, like, you got the rest of the gang over here with, like, Han and Tej and uh, Roman and oh, Game of Thrones girl who we don't know her name in the movie. Yeah. And they're doing stuff, and, like, th- I think they're a fun group. And then Charlize and... Lenny. Uh, 
Letty, I think they're like. But like you want to see the, you want to see the family together. You know, that's like the thing. You do. I mean, that's it's about truth. family. That's what they they say constantly: family, family, family. And then they split the family up. Um, but it sounds like because Vin Diesel's uh, difficult. <laughs> <laughs> what I'll say. So I I mean it wasn't a good movie, but I did enjoy seeing John Cena. I thought he was very funny, especially his like little like the relationship with uh Dom's son. I thought that was really cute. And again, I like the little like four person heist team and the two ladies uh doing their thing. And you know, Dom was doing his thing. His was probably, like, the most ridiculous of situations, but the whole movie, like, at this point in the Fast franchise, we've reached levels of, like, this is not based in our human reality anymore. It is, it looks like it, but there's, physics don't apply. So, I mean, go see it, I guess. There's going to be a, a second on Peacock. one. Yes, Peacock, so you can watch it for almost free. It, and yeah. you know, but uh, did we determine that there's going to be only one more to sort of wrap this up, like a sequel to this part? No, I think that was the original plan, but now they're going to do like two sequels. So this is basically like this is going to be the first leg of a final trilogy. Okay. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. But this was uh, not a promising start to that final trilogy. But it did inspire us to sort of like want to go back and do a Fast and Furious universe rewatch, which I think there are some legitimately very good and very fun movies in along the way. They're not all bangers, but um, they're better than Fast 10. Most of them are, yeah. Um, Most of them, yes. I guess we'll find out. We're going to rewatch them. Did you, so did you, I listen, did you listen to that, um, that Not podcast yet. I said you, okay. So listening to that, um, I learned, it was like a review of Fast X from back when it came out. I learned of the existence of two Fast Universe short films that, uh, one takes, takes place between one and two and it kind of lets you know what Brian was doing between those two movies. And I think it's really short. I think it's like seven minutes long. And then there is, Another one that takes that was like it takes place in the lead up to the fourth one, which was the return of like all the cast after after nobody was in Tokyo Drift except for Vin at the very end in a cameo. Right. Um, and it is a Dom and Letty story that Vin Diesel directed and is like 32 minutes long. So um, Do you, now did they say like where were these made? Like was it was the Dom and Letty's story made right after three or was this like a sort of a I think retcon? it was like made like like around the same like the same time they were filming four I think okay so it's like it's not so far removed and was the no, one no no in... no it's like it's like it was meant to be like a piece with Fast and Furious 4. okay I didn't know if it was like supposed to be like hey we're trying to like kind of shore up some details and like maybe fill in some holes um Right. Upon looking back at the lore, but okay. So, was the one to two? Was that also filmed like I'm around less, two? I'm less clear on that one, but okay. uh, but probably, uh, yeah. Okay. But no, I want to watch both of those because I've never seen either of those before. Are they available? I think. Um, I feel like 
So you have them, you have most of the movies digitally, right? Like one through, I feel like one of the codes didn't work for some reason or something, right? Yeah, I think I have one through five or six. Okay, well that should do it. I think on Movies Anywhere, I think they're in, I think I think the, the one is in the short, the special features for Fast and Too Fast, Too Furious. Okay. And the other is in the special features for the Fast and the Furious, I'm, or Fast and Furious, as it's called. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure, but I think there is a way for us to watch these. Okay, I'm excited. Me too. Um, so yeah, so good plug. I, I, I still, you know, it's if you're into the franchise, obviously you're going to watch that movie. You probably already saw it, but yeah. I honestly, I like. It's one of those movies where I'm like. I know it's not good, but also like I had an okay time. Like it, it didn't offend me, and also like it wasn't bad funny so much as like I know this isn't high quality, but I'm here. I'm, they went to space in the last movie, so like, what are we yeah. doing? <laughs> okay, I have confirmed Los Bandoleros is on the special features list um, or the extras list on Movies Anywhere. Okay. For, for Fast and Furious, and let me look at. Too fast, too furious, real quick, and just see if. I mean, hopefully, because what I can't. You, how did you find these things? Like, at, how did you well, find like I, out they were things? Because, like I said, I was listening to Griffin Newman on. Oh, the you're podcast. right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. Yeah. I just that it's so weird. It reminds me of all those little like Marvel, um, like one oh, shots yeah. that they would yeah. stick on the various Blu-rays. But I like those. I did too, but if you didn't like buy the Blu-ray, you didn't. I don't know. Like you never heard about well, them, right? But like they weren't essential, you know. It was it was kind of like it was like they were like kind of almost like Easter eggs. It's like nice nice to have them, but they weren't they weren't that important to the plot of anything, you know. Yeah, I guess that's true. Okay, it is not on Too Fast Too Furious special features, so I'll I'll see if I can find it on maybe it's on YouTube or something like that. I'll try to figure that out. Oh, I believe in YouTube. That seems like a place for this kind of stuff. So, yeah. So that's Fast X. You can watch it on Peacock. Yeah. Um, for me, uh, I would like to plug something you can also watch on Peacock uh, the next day after it airs Vanderpump Rules because uh, Vanderpump Rules is back, baby. For Hell season yeah. 11. <laughs> um, all those crazy kids uh, now, like all near or at 40 years old, are are back. And the first episode was fun and uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And the new spinoff, the Valley starts here in a couple months. And I think it's going to have like, like a lot of Vanderpump crossover. What? I have not heard about this thing. What is the Valley? This is Jackson, Brittany and Kristen Doty. And oh my God. Some other like couples that are like the, the theme is like they're all these like immature people are like like learning to be adults now or whatever. Oh my God. At 40, like congrats, you're a little behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but hey, you know what? Good for Brittany. She she put up with uh, everything and uh, stayed in her 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 loveless marriage. For long enough that she got to be back on television. She really wanted to be on TV. She did, yeah. And she made her dream come true twice. So, yeah. Oh. That's, uh, 
that will kick off uh, here pretty soon. Um, but also, I, so I have to recommend to you, um, there is a Vanderpump after show now that airs on Peacock. And it's the cast just reacting to the episode that just aired. And it, it's, it was pretty good. They had them split up into pairs or threes. It was um, um, it was Ariana and Katie, uh, Lala, Sheena and James, and uh, the Toms. Okay. It was, it was it was it was a good like you know twenty minute like little thing just kind of good you know that good Bravo editing and just uh, yeah I mean that's kind of fun because I always wonder how much they kind of I mean obviously they know what's happened in front of cameras but I always kind of wonder like did you know you were gonna get portrayed like this because I feel like Sheena causes the most drama and then she's always like I can't believe ah, like. I don't know. I don't like she. <laughs> but I will watch an after show with her and other people on it. I mean, Sheena is. She, so Sheena's like tack this season seems to be. And this is based on one episode, but it seems to be like, how can I make this more about me this season? Like, isn't that her tactic all the time it is but it's like it's it's especially wild because she's really trying to like she's really trying to become like the victim of scandal <laughs> what now you just got to watch the episode and see oh her see her in, incredible energy no i mean i fully believe that she's trying to be, make this about her somehow when she was not involved in it in any way except for like here's my guess i was friends with you tom why didn't you tell me tom blah, blah. Oh, Sheena. I yeah. hate her. She's so annoying. <laughs> She's very annoying. But yeah, so that's my plug. Vanderbilt Rules. I'm so happy it's back. Um, Me too. Yeah, it's a great show. Did we get any uh, new cast members or is it the same group no. we're used to? Okay. No new cast members. So like we're down to, because we lost um, uh, Rachel. Uh, so we are down to seven, really. Um, plus Lisa. Well, I mean, you know those bitches are really dramatic, no matter what, but, like... Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, nobody knew, which, honestly, like, I always, I always just kind of go, like, eh, like, what? <laughs> I guess they're saving the new people for the spinoff. Yes. Learn to be an adult in your 40s. You can do it. Jenny was, like, we, they, they kept, they showed commercials for it a couple times, because um, we watched it on Bravo last night. Um, mm-hmm. Um, or two nights ago instead of on Peacock. And, uh, <coughs> oh God, excuse me. I'm so sorry. Mm. Um, and we saw the commercials. It was just like, that looks terrible. I hate that we have to watch that. And I was just like, we don't have to watch. She's like, we have to watch it. Like, <laughs> No, Jenny, don't get sucked in. I feel like they're going to do the same thing they did with um, the Summer House, sort of like... <sighs> tricking you where there's an episode where it starts out Vanderpump and then they go do something with that group of people and then all of a sudden you're like wait Vanderpump people left and now I'm watching Summer House yeah well I mean do you remember like maybe you didn't see this because you're not a Housewives watcher but like the way Vanderpump started it was like you're going from an episode of Beverly Hills where the 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 housewives of Beverly Hills are at Sir at like a private room, and then the camera goes through 
like to the kitchen area in the back, and then you're into the pilot of Vanderpump Rules. Oh no, I did not realize that. It's kind of cool, actually. I mean, I like I like that as a transitional. Like I'm watching one show and it goes to the next, but mm-hmm. the Vanderpump one, it was like just an extended episode, and they didn't cut because it was on the, like it's still in the Vanderpump. Yeah. Like streaming thing, and I was like, I don't want to watch this summer house thing. Like, what are you doing? Suddenly, oh, Saucy's yeah. gone, and it's like. The rest of this episode is just not them. <laughs> what the hell is this? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Ugh. Don't do that. But that's how I envision them like cutting to this new spinoff would be like, oh, we're just visiting Jackson and uh, Kristen and Brittany for whatever reason. And then all of a sudden, all the people you like leave. And it's like, why am I watching this thing? We could do like a whole episode of a podcast talking about backdoor pilots and how weird they are. Um, the one that comes immediately to mind is that episode of Bones that was like the launching point for The Finder. If you remember that like one season Fox series with like Michael Clark Duncan and a couple other people. And it's just like Seely Booth like is he's doing something and he runs into these like this fully formed crew of people. <laughs> <laughs> just like, huh? It's huh. a lot of these people in this episode of Bones, not a lot of like Bones, you know? <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, we totally could because there's like the Gilmore Girls one where suddenly we're following Jess around, and yep. I know you guys hate Jess anyway, but as somebody who liked Jess at the time, I was like, what is happening? The the funniest thing to me about that is like the Jess Mariano TV show was going to be called Windward Circle. <laughs> It's like what? <laughs> what? What? It sounds so like whimsical. And this is Jess we're following. What a wild time! Yeah, backdoor pilots. I would love to just talk through some of our favorites because, and by favorites, I mean like I don't think I've liked any of them. I feel deceived. That probably right, doesn't yeah. help. No, I get it. Yeah. All right, I think we've uh, I think we've taken up enough of your time, gentle listeners. But uh, we will be back next week to talk a very stacked dynamite, indeed. Yep. Um, and hopefully some new uh, world tag team champions, one way or another. Yes, and hopefully some better ratings because on paper this one looks good. This one looks very good. All right, we'll talk to you later. This has been another edition of the Elite Beat. E, E, B, E, 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 B.